0: Hello and welcome to episode 105 of the NFL Scotland podcast. We've had our summer break and now we're back to kick off our third season. My name is Cameron Hobbs.
1: And my name is Paul Mitchell. While some questions remain about what the 2020 season will look like, one thing that sure is, we'll be here each week to give a Scottish slanted look on all things NFL.
0: We've got some big news items to catch up on over the last couple of weeks as a couple of MVPs have secured the future and one franchise is looking
1: at a potential rebrand. We'll also be giving you more information on what to expect from Season 3 of the NFL Scotland podcast as we've got some announcements to make. To do all that, we're delighted to be joined once again by ESPN host and commentator all the way from the USA, Mark Donaldson. Mark, good evening.
2: Evening, boys. How are you both?
1: We're very well. We love the Dolphins hat that you're wearing.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, let's just hope I can wear it a little bit more often outside um, this coming season and not be embarrassed
0: after another defeat. (laughs) <laughs> you, well, do you know what let's start there we're going to talk about a couple of um mvps when it comes to the quarterback one that's won it a while ago one that's much more relevant in that conversation happy with the quarterback that you picked up in the draft
2: yeah it's the one i wanted i was i'm not going to say i was dancing a jig around the uh the living room because there would have been a tsunami in japan if i'd done that but i was absolutely delighted with uh with to a um I don't know why. I'm not a Justin Herbert fan. I watched a fair bit of him last season. Um, I think after missing out on Drew Brees all those years ago, this is something as well. With Ryan Fitzpatrick playing another year, we don't have to rush Tua. So I don't know how many games he'll play. Uh, He'll play if necessary. But look at Patrick Mahomes having a year under Alex Smith. If you've got the experience that can learn and teach, then I don't think Tua needs to start straight away. But absolutely delighted with with the pick because you know what it's been like? I think Devante Parker's probably the only pick since I got here 10 years ago that I've been, that I've been enthused about and they still haven't really made the most of him.
1: How it's much- quite frustrating, Mark, that when you've got so many draft picks and Miami had a lot this year, mm-hmm. I mean, you've had a succession of disappointments. Is that the fault of the talent evaluator or is it the fault of the coaching staff?
2: I don't know. I mean, you could argue whether it's the general manager, or the coaching staff. I was never an Adam Gase fan. I think even if we go back to Ryan Tannehill, when when a draft pick's girlfriend gets more headlines than the draft pick himself, um, I think <laughs> I think it's an issue. Um, now, they, for for me, he was a former wide receiver turned quarterback. It's never really good. That, that that's like saying a, a former striker turned goalkeeper or vice versa. There's always that kind of concern who's to blame I don't know we seem to live in a blame culture these days everyone's always wanting to blame someone or moaning or complaining um, it's not been ideal but if we'd had a better season last year we wouldn't have got Tua so when you think about it midway through what week seven week eight the whole tank for tour thing was was um, was ongoing and then he got hurt uh, and that kind of threw the through the cat amongst the pigeons so we've ended up doing all right towards the end of the season with that victory just up the road from here at, at Foxborough and we've still got who most Dolphins fans wanted so yeah I mean blame culture there's, there's probably a lot of people a lot of them not there anymore who are to blame for where the Dolphins find themselves it's been mismanaged I think over the last well, 10 even
0: longer years from Tua's point of view, do you think that the the sort of potential lack of a preseason is going to do him more damage in the long term, or actually does that give him the benefit of maybe a bit longer to heal? Well, that's the thing. I mean, he says he's fine
2: now. Uh, well, not no, Well, not notice It's like anything in, in in life when you've if you're a sports person and you've struggled with a with an injury uh, until you get back, um, you you don't know how it's it's going to react. Um, I'd be concerned if it was another injury in that same area. But but for now, I, th- I think it's a good thing in that there's probably no pre-season now, or if, if there is any, it'll be very limited. So, again, I'm not expecting two. It's not going to be the starter in week one. I'm, I'm pretty convinced it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Going back to last year, I don't, I've got no issue whatsoever with the Josh Rosen thing. I think that, that was cheap. It could easily have worked out. It, it didn't, but we didn't lose anything whatsoever. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy. Just being a Dolphins fan, it's like being Scottish. And you two both know there's all that, always that cautious optimism. When things look a bit too good to be true, they usually are.
0: Indeed. Indeed, they usually are. Now, I'm going to stick to the division. I'm going to stick to the position. I'm even going to stick to the injured quarterback conversation because just up the <laughs> road and suddenly mixing it up in the AFC East is one Cam Newton, um, of course, former league MVP, An absolute player that holds a number of records at his position on his day, a a sensational player, but perhaps that day may have gone. What do you think he brings to the division? Is that a, a move that worries you or do you think that that's something that, you know, after Brady, Cam can't even come close?
2: Look, I think next season the Dolphins will be third at best. I fully expect the Bills and, and the Patriots to be top two. Um, I kind of feel for the Bills a little bit and that Josh Allen was the best quarterback in the AFC East without even playing a game. He only held the tag for for three or four months. Um, that's Cam on his best form, being the best quarterback. That best form we haven't seen for a while. He's, he's been hurt. Um, he's He's, he's had issues, but it's a Belichick signing, isn't it? It's everything to gain, very little to lose.
0: I think this is a an astute signing for the Patriots. And while the preseason maybe doesn't work for, or works for two for different reasons, the preseason and lack of preseason may work for you for other reasons, because the first time that Cam actually throws a ball in anger for the Patriots might be week one against the Dolphins. That's surely the best time to play them.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, don't let him get his feet under the table. Just looking at the Patriots, who's it going to benefit the most? Probably in Keel Harry, the uh, the young wide receiver who was a rookie last year and he did okay. Um, Edelman again. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm Like you two, I'm big into my fantasy football and I'm surprised to see how much or how far Edelman's dropping in a lot of the drafts as well. He, he's still he's still a target machine. Um, so now that you've got in Harry with a more mobile quarterback, and that's the thing, if he, if he is back to, to where he was, they've got a, they've got a mobile quarterback, they've got mobility at quarterback they've not had for, for many years since Brady was a lot younger, so it changes the total dynamic as well. Whether Sonny Michel's going to be ready um, for the start of the season, uh, obviously they have one or two other running backs that, that could do that. Um, I, think, I think it's intriguing. I don't like the Patriots um, because I'm a, I'm a fan of a divisional rival, um, but I love the signing of uh, of Cam Newton by, by Bill... Bel- Cam Newton, listen to me, Yank, uh, by Bill Belichick. <laughs> um, well,
1: my, con- my, my concern, Cameron, is, is that the Boston media will eat Cam Newton alive if he doesn't succeed. That That's my thinking. They are not the most patient market in the world. I think you'll find that Cam's coming in at a difficult time. He's got... You know, there, there's no... There's no tolerance level... You know, Bill Belichick wants to succeed because he wants to prove he can do it without Brady. The fans are programmed for success. And I think by bringing in Cam Newton, who will start week one if he's fit, I think puts a different pressure on the Patriots. If they'd gone with a young guy, you know, there might have been a bit of tolerance. I think this puts pressure on the Patriots early.
0: You have been up against Cam in the division for a long time. You've spoken on this podcast, Paul, about your personal thoughts of Cam. We know it's fair to say you're not a massive fan of Cam Newton. Do you think that he is good enough to do anything in New England? Or, I mean, he's got a hard act to follow right away behind Brady anyway. But do you think he's got enough in him to provide anything to New England?
1: Oh, absolutely. I don't think there's any doubt if you get Cam Newton of the Super Bowl run 2015, if you get 2017 Cam Newton, but if you get 2016 or 2018 Cam Newton, it's a different version of six and eight, both those seasons. So I think it depends on what one you get. As quarterbacks grow older, they are less mobile because they need to protect their body and they don't want to take the hits. But he is still a big unit. He's a talented football player. I just don't like all the off the field stuff. You know, the flamboyancy and was it Hard Knocks he was on? It was one of them that he was on. He just came across as a complete. I think it was all or nothing with the Panthers. He came across as a complete dick. Um, and and that not very that BBC puts ball. Me up. <laughs> Thank Thankfully, we're not on the BBC <laughs> at the moment, so. Uh, I've something you I, swear I, before? Woofed. Uh, well, when this goes live, you know, Cam Newton to me has got some issues as leader of men. And I just think if any locker room doesn't actually care about that, it's New England because Bill Belichick's the boss. You know, you don't need somebody to necessarily rally around in the same way. I just think, I mean, will you get an older, wiser Cam Newton? I'm all for people getting second chances and moving on. As I say, anybody who needs to get somebody to coordinate their outfit that they're going to wear to the game and to the post-match press conference just kind of takes it away from you. That might be his thing. He's got money to burn. Fair enough. I just don't like that that kind of stuff personally. If he can tone all that down, is he a good football player? undoubtedly would I like to see him as my quarterback based on what he's done in the past off the field with a flamboyancy no but then he does some great work and you saw that as well you know he does some great work in the community I think he's got a great chance in New England I just think the tolerance level for him will be quite small
2: let's play devil's advocate here Paul you wouldn't want to see him as your um, as your quarterback you're a fan of the Saints you're not going to you're not going to get him to replace Drew Brees if you're a Patriots fan you've got a choice to stidham or Cam Newton, and there's a chance he could be back to the way he was. I know which one I'm taking. It's not the youngster.
1: Well, well, Stidham must be some player. I mean, or they've had it in their mind all along that they were going to pick up somebody experienced and there was enough experience floating about. And I think, you know, some have said they were surprised that he didn't go to Pittsburgh, you know, with Big Ben being there. You know, they don't really have a backup. He's been signed on the cheap by the Patriots. I think you said it, Mark. It's the Patriots' way they've they've picked up a player who the upside is absolutely yeah. tremendous and if it doesn't work it doesn't work
0: we've talked about um previously on the podcast you know and i've made my feelings about brady clear about the fact that I've, having played in a certain way for a certain team for a certain coach for so long one of the biggest challenges that he's got is that he's got to go to a new team play with different players in a different way or he's got to get that team to adapt to his style of play cam's got a similar issue now uh, and in a way, you couldn't really get a more different style quarterback between Brady and Cam Newton. Um, if you look at what they bring to the table and, and the sort of plays that they play, they're, they're very, very different polar opposites. How difficult do you think it's going to be for the New England Patriots to either adjust to suit Cam? Or will Belichick be focusing on getting Cam to change his game slightly to suit the Patriots?
1: I think it's a mixed bag. I think Bill Belichick's a smart man. He'll look to see what he thinks is effective and what extra plays he he can bring in that he knows that Cam Newton can make. And I think it's the same down in Tampa Bay. They've got a way they like to play and they'll adapt to having, you know, Tom Brady rather than Jameis Winston. So I think, you know, there'll be certainly teamwork and partnership involved. You know, can, can he succeed? Yes, he can. There's no doubt he can succeed. But and I think Belichick wants to. I mean, I, I mean, Mark, you see the Boston media uh, more than we do. It Can be brutal. It can be.
2: That's the problem that they have. However, they haven't had the success since the Patriots last won the the Super Bowl. Albeit it was it was pretty recent. Um, they've got the Bruins and um, the Revolution aren't exactly doing that well. Uh, the Celtics are doing pretty well. So. They like success. They're used to success. The people in New England of a certain era have grown up with success. I just think it, I think it's fascinating, I, I, and I'm sure we're going to speak about different other players that have gone to different teams um, in this podcast as well. But for me, it, it, it's it's the perfect Belichick signing because he he doesn't want to go into a season where he's got this rookie quarterback or this young quarterback who's in his he's going to be in his second year. Um, the incentives are, are huge. Uh, And can you imagine the the offensive coordinator in in, in New England? It's still Josh McDaniels, I think, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think he's he's moved on yet. So um, he'll be loving this. It's something totally different for him. So he's a smart guy and Belichick overseeing this as well. They'll be they'll be licking their chops ahead of the new season if they've got a fit. Cam Newton, because it's like Antonio Brown walking into that changing room, that locker room last year and only only played, I think, one game um, for the Patriots. There's not too many that can have total respect as a coach from anybody, even the biggest names that carry the biggest baggage. Belichick, for me, is is the one. And I think Cam Newton will know. Because that's the other thing as well. A one-year deal, think of the riches If he has a good season, say he gets them into the playoffs and they, they get to the, the AFC Championship or, or whatever, that's a decent season for the Patriots this year. And that would probably lead to a longer term deal. So I think it's a win-win for both parties.
0: Speaking of longer term deals, that was a lovely segue. That was uh, professional <laughs> levels right there. Um, an absolute blockbuster. Of course, Patrick Mahomes has been talk of the town, talk of the city, talk of the state, talk of the world. And... Um, A 10-year deal, uh, an absolute astronomical amount of money. I think that was the thing that hit was, you know, the tweets came out, breaking news. Patrick Mahomes has signed a 10-year deal and immediately everyone went, oh my God, 10 years. And then immediately after that, everyone went, but hang on, how much for? And then the rumours went rife. And sure enough, over over half a billion dollars he stands to make if he sees that contract out to its completion, um, bonuses and incentives along the way. It's absolutely massive, but if you're the Chiefs, you've got to be delighted that you've got that talent secured in your town for 10 years to come.
1: Well, they're being renamed, of course. The Kansas City Patricks is what they'll become. They're going to be wearing green um, just to (laughs) to give it a a complete rebrand, or that might be next year. I might be getting ahead of myself. However, look at the number of quarterbacks who've been given a 10-year deal. Played out all years of the deal, none. One Super is starter, none. One NFL MVP, none. They are Vic, Culpepper, McNabb, Bledsoe and Favre. They're the guys who got 10-year deals. Although I think Josh McGowan won the internet by posing the question to Patrick Mahomes by saying, is 10 one-year deals not better? Which I just loved. <laughs> uh, you know, if you look at them, I think only Donovan McNabb, I think, played eight years. But I think the difference here is Mahomes is so young. Uh, and, and, and is ready to go. You know, Mahomes, you are looking at as being on the level of Montana, Marino, Manning. I think I think he's got every chance to. They've obviously worked out the the numbers and they think it can work. So good on them,
0: Mark. For you is this the biggest contract that you've seen in the NFL in recent like what well, is the biggest contract that's a ridiculous question is this the most surprising contract that you've seen in the NFL for a long time
2: no because it's the going rate for a superstar uh it contains a no trade clause um the, the 10 years and I don't know Paul mentioned those that have signed 10 year deals this is a guy that could be and it's like anything in life once we see a, a sporting star as a kid especially in Scotland we seem to to kind of wax so much, wax lyrical about them so much that we we put undue pressure. This is a guy that can't be faced. Now, there's an injury uh, clause in it as well. I think he's guaranteed 140 million. Uh, it's just it's a win-win for for him. He's he's maximised um, his earning potential uh, for his agent. He's loaded as well. Um, and and for the Chiefs, they had a guy who they knew they were going to have to extend um, if he wins another Super Bowl this year which is a distinct possibility because I think they'll be there or thereabouts it could end up being a bargain and people say a bargain well they would have to probably pay a lot more if they were to extend his his contract this time next year because I believe he was still on his rookie contract so this is a massive deal um for for the for the Chiefs they've got for me the best quarterback in the game a young quarterback who if he stays healthy um can be anything he wants um I, I was one of my neighbors is Trey Wingo who works for um for NFL and, and we were having a conversation about him. I said, "What do you think the over/under is for Super Bowl appearances? If he stays fit and plays for the ten years and Super Bowl wins, he says they're, they're probably looking at, at three or four Super Bowl appearances and, and ideally two or three wins from that from, from the ten years. Uh, and if they get that, this is aside the Kansas City Chiefs that haven't won the Super Bowl. Um, well, it's only their second one; they had not won it for fifty years. Uh, and a friend of ours is from there, and I know what it meant to her because she's a big Chiefs fan. Um, I think um, dynasty is a big word uh, because the quarterback's only as good as the offensive line that protects them. So I think we know what they'll be up to um, this season and where their targets are going to be. If there's any deficiencies in that offensive line, they'll be making sure that, uh, that they're strengthened ahead of uh, any future seasons.
0: I definitely think that of all the teams right now in the NFL, the Chiefs now are number one in the rankings of potential to go on and become a dynasty. Definitely. I mean, it's easy to say that after they've just won a Super Bowl, but for a team that haven't won it for 50 years, um, you're know, you right, they could go on and do this repeatedly. As a 49ers fan, the Super Bowl hurt. Of course it did. But if you're going to lose a Super Bowl and you're going to lose in that manner, you want to do it to one of the best in the business. And he has got all the makings to be so. You're right, we do like to wax lyrical about young stars that have got great potential. I think that's out of desperate hope on our part more than anything else. Desperate that we found the next man to take us to an international tournament. Yet to find him, maybe one day. But Mahomes is that, you know, he's the sort of calibre that we just don't have as a sportsman in Scotland, unfortunately, at the moment. He's a class act. And I think the, the next bit I want to kind of talk about is... Um, there's been some chat about how team-friendly this deal is. Now, when you invest that much money into a single player, there's always the threat that you need to make cutbacks in other parts of the field to be able to meet the the salary cap. And obviously, with COVID and the situation at the moment, we don't know what that salary cap's going to do in the years ahead. There's a little bit of a punt, a little bit of speculation there on the Chiefs' part. But actually, Mahomes is... Russell Wilson like in that he's so good that you can pepper him and surround him with mediocre talent and he would still be good enough to take you far enough into the season for it to be a success do you think guys that that is a contributing factor in this and do you think that the Chiefs are actually worried about having to invest in some of those other players they've got right now
1: I don't think it's a big problem for them. They've they've crunched the numbers. I mean, it's not like they're the the New York Mets who are still paying Bobby Bonilla one million dollars every what is it the first of July or something like that. For they the still worst.
2: will be when Mahomes yeah.
1: contracts up. Yeah, it's, it's it's the dumbest contract in the history of sport. You know, so I don't think it's as bad as that. Um, I th- you know contracts go up. You know, it's always about you want to be the highest paid guy. I think they've just. Taken into account the inflation that will come and the fact the salary cap will go up, and they've just settled the guy for the next ten years. Now whether he lasts that long, you've got injury, you've got coaching changes. Um, you know he's at that point where money doesn't matter. He obviously loves where he is, loves what he's doing. He must enjoy his whole surroundings, etc. Just as Brady was made to feel special in New England, he's going to be made to feel special in Kansas City. And I think it will work for them. I think they've, they've been smart. They're a clever organisation. Uh, they've got the talent off the field to evaluate good on-the-field talent. And I think you're right, Cameron. I mean, there, there's a difference between, say, an A-minus and a B-plus lineman. But a B-plus lineman's probably good enough with a guy, you know, at quarterback.
0: Yeah, he's, he's mobile enough. You know, he can throw. He's got vision. He's got plan A, plan B, plan C and plan D. And then a few other after that. For me, it's just... It's an exceptional talent. And again, come back to Russell Wilson. Uh, And, you know, the Seahawks were the team on on the cusp of being a dynasty. And I guess without even necessarily having to chuck all the money at their quarterback, they've somehow managed to find themselves almost too bereft of talent around him to be able to be a serious threat. Watch this, they'll go and do something brilliant this season now. Good God, please no. Um, but, you know, he is an exceptional talent when it comes to that. He can just make stuff happen. And you look at the players that he's got just now. Travis Kelsey is a stud at a tight end. Tyreek Hill is amazing through pace. He doesn't... He isn't surrounded by great talent on offense. He's made that talent great with his vision and his ability to to just find his man. If if they can continue to fill their team with young guys who are fast, and let's be honest, when they're at their youngest, they're at their fastest probably, straight out of college, get them when they're full of pace, make sure they can run a route, 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 I don't know, a route, route. Um, Make sure they're supposed to be where they're supposed to be. Uh, and he'll it, make them a success. He really will. It's it's an exceptional bit of um, work by the Chiefs. I think it's a an absolute masterstroke. They've snapped him up. Uh, and it's that weird situation when I'm sitting looking at it going, you know, Patrick Mahomes is contracted to the Chiefs until I'm 50 years old. I'm not even 40 <laughs> yet. And that's just, you know, absolutely staggering to think of it like that. i, I, I we're going to be watching him a long time. Staggering
1: to think that you're not 40 yet. <laughs> is that what you're telling Come
0: on. Yes, I'm almost there. Just not quite. I, I, I think it. I think it's great that
2: uh, in in the situation that we're in right now with the travel ban, that the former Dundee United boss Jim McLean was able to circumnavigate that, get himself over here to do the 10 year deal with Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. I think the last person was Jaron Nixon that he offered that to. Remember him.
1: Yeah, but I think the the figures involved were probably £50,000 in a crate (laughs) of iron brew, but that was to be spread out over the 10 years and only if you had a winning season. So, yeah, it it is slightly bizarre. For people who don't know who Jim McLean was, he was Dundee United's manager during their most successful period and in Europe, but he did have a reputation for trying to get people on long-term deals.
2: Pre-Bosman. It's funny because Cameron was talking about plan A, plan B and plan C. Um, and the rest of them for Mahomes. He also doesn't have a plan in some um, some <laughs> plays. And that that's the interesting thing for me, because he can make things work. But to make things work, you've got to have someone spare. You've got to have someone free. You've got to have pace. Tyreek Hill can run around, even Hardman. I mean, last year was a nightmare to pick a, a, a wide receiver not named Tyreek Hill um, in fantasy. Um, I got lucky. Uh, we we had I think we're going into third year or fourth year of or third year I think it is of, of our dynasty league, and um, I picked Patrick Mahomes as my quarterback. I did some wheeling and dealing over the summer to get Barkley in to give up Mahomes, and I've got Mahomes back. So I've now got Barkley, Kelsey, and and, and Mahomes. Um, but because of not having a plan A, B, C, or D, and the scrambling, he's got the pace of these wide receivers that can get free, and that has helped them how many times how many how many like non designed plays ended in in touchdowns for the chiefs last year just because of the scrambling and the
0: ability to create something out of nothing by mahomes it happened all the time and it meant that they were always they were always in the game Um, That game against the Texans, when they were so far behind, at no point did anyone go, well, this game's over. If anything, you thought, right, when's the comeback starting? Um, In the Super Bowl, you know, there was lots of people at the top of the third and uh, start of the fourth. Everyone's like, oh, you know, the, the Niners are cruising here. And no, at no point were they cruising because it was only one play away from the momentum swing. The momentum swing behind a player like Mahomes is Astronomical. If his head's up and he's pushing down the field, then you're in trouble. And th- there's not an awful lot you can do. You can have great, you know, the 49ers had a great defensive uh, performance all season long last year. Really, really good on that side of the ball. But at that point of the game, when with everything on the line, Mahomes just found a way. And players around him, then Tend to find a way, you know. Damien Williams managing to just get the space and things like that. There so many things that just came up the right side for them, and that's what you need as well. There's a. I don't want to. I don't want to say he's lucky because I genuinely think he does it too often to be lucky. No, nah, he's not. He's, he's he, not lucky, and
2: and to add Clyde Edwards-Hilaire now. Yeah. I'm not sure that Hilaire's not going to start play every snap. Don't, I mean, you're not getting rid of Damien Williams. For me, not that I had a bet on him at long odds or anything like that. Could have been the MVP in the Super Bowl, but of course. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes or Damien Williams at Disney the next day? I know what's going to get the more headlines, of course. Um, but there's threats. There's Edwards Hilaire, who is a really, really good power runner. as well. He's the perfect fit. I'm sure you, you guys have discussed him um, before and we'll discuss again. But but don't forget Damien Williams. And he could be one of those. People will look to Clyde Edwards Hilaire. It's, it, it's like thinking... Um, I think it's the Nick Chubb, Karim Hunt, don't just sleep on, on Kareem Hunt because the, I think the running back by committee or the two-headed monster or, or whatever, you, bell cows, there's only going to be one or two of them um, because it's just the, the pressure and the, the, what happens when you play every down, you're going to get hurt one day or the other. So to have Damien Williams and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and others as well, did they not sign um, was it Washington that they
1: signed as a free agent? I just love the depth that they're able to get. And, of course, they've got that advantage, Mark, is that people want to play for them simply because they've got a good chance of going somewhere, you know, in terms of, of Super Bowl. So, you know, you look at that and you think, yeah, so Damian Williams, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Darwin Thompson is listed as the one two, 3 at the moment but you, you just wonder you know they've got Tyreek kill sammy watkins we've not really mentioned as well i mean they've got talent all over the place because talent attracts talent the the downside that they've got is it's hard to repeat that's been proven you know for a whole pile of reasons it's hard to repeat and i'm just wondering you know it's hard to repeat andy's been given this massive contract will they feel a bit of pressure i th- i think it's great i think it's fascinating what's going to happen there this year
0: Yes, lots to be excited about if you're a Chiefs fan, that's for sure. Um, We will be getting into our divisional preview starting from next week, so we will get round to the AFC West, but that's a few episodes away. God only knows what will have changed by the time we get round to that one. Um, But yeah, a lot to be excited about, as we said, um, if you're a Chiefs fan. A lot to fear if you're a fan of any of the other teams in that division. Um, And if you're a Chargers, Raiders or um, Broncos fan, you are looking at something like that and just thinking good grief what on earth do we need to do to beat this guy uh Gruden must be kicking himself with his monster contract that he's going to be up against Mahomes every single year of the damn thing he'll be regretting that one I'm sure although I'm sure living in Las Vegas will help him get over that one pretty quickly um We'll move on, though. Another big story that's coming out at the moment is that the Washington Redskins are currently in review of their name. Um, there's obviously This has been a hot topic for a long time. We won't go into the history of it. I don't think there's anything that we can add there. But what we want to do here is look at the potential positives of them doing something like that for a franchise that's been struggling for a while, that has not been filling its stadium. Um, I'm sure there'll be some people will, be, will fight against the end of the tradition and stuff like that. But for the larger part, there's an opportunity here for Washington to re-engage with their fan base uh, and do something here that maybe starts to bring people back in. P- perhaps create a bit of a clean slate and use it as an opportunity to do something a little bit different.
1: And alternatively, they could disenfranchise a whole pile of the supporters who don't want to see change inflicted on them by people they don't think have got a right to talk about them. I'm not saying that's my viewpoint. I'm giving you the alternative viewpoint here. And I think it's, it's right. It, it's so difficult. If you look at it, and Cameron and I chatted about this, the last two surveys by the Washington Post have shown no desire for name change by Native Americans within the Washington area. So that is that side of it there is obviously pressure from the other side. I mean, if you want to go back and look at the history of why they're named as they are, they wanted to take advantage of being connected with Indian heritage. But, and I think, you know, Carol and I mentioned this when we spoke about this, if in 2020 you were starting a football team in Washington or anywhere, you wouldn't be going with the name Redskins. So is now the time to review it? Yes, why not? They've reviewed it before and stuck with it. They're reviewing it again. I'm quite happy to remit it to those in Washington to decide to do what they want to do. Now, what I find quite interesting is what happens if you do go with a rebrand? Are you simply taking out the Redskins name for something that is more acceptable, but retaining that Indian-style heritage and logo with you know, with the sort of feathers and arrow and things, or do you just go in a whole new different direction? Now, it, I find that interesting because I think if they go a halfway house, they might keep some of their existing fans on board, but they might not meet some of the criticisms uh, that people are saying they're not going far enough. I think this is an extremely difficult thing for them to get right. And I what I would not like to see is this rushed. I think they've got to take their time on this and get it right because I don't want some half-assed solution that doesn't work for them because they might still be offending people.
0: Mark, your thoughts on the opportunity that is in front of the Washington Redskins at the moment? The times they are are changing.
2: I just hope it isn't being done with a dollar sign uh, in mind. Um, There's there's enough pressure now for, for various things in life. Um, and it's, it's, it's for me, it's come too late. And we're all, we're all guilty. We've all played our part in, in probably not doing something rather than doing something. And whether it's the, the political statements that are being made, I mean, you, even in baseball, uh, I do a weekly show on BT Sport, um, and we've been discussing the Cleveland Indians are even contemplating that they um, are thinking about changing their name as well. Um, I totally agree with, with what Paul was saying you can't there's, there's there's too much history there you've, you've you've got to canvas as many people as possible you're right if you if you were to um if you were to start again right now you, you wouldn't call on Reskins. if you were to start the spfl right now you wouldn't have neil doncaster as your chief executive <laughs> um but we're not starting it right now um they, it has to be done um sensitively um and you're not going to satisfy everybody there's no chance of that, no matter what happens. It's too far down the road for that. So it's not a kind of, it's not about satisfying the majority. It's about getting it right. But what is right? I think right is, is changing the name. But what to? I think if you change the name, you've got to change the logo. You can't have a logo that features a native Indian like it does um, if you're deciding that the name isn't right. So how, how's the logo still acceptable? So, I mean, we did a piece with the baseball this week about. The Minnesota Twins. Now, where's the correlation there? Well, the Minnesota Twins used to be known as the Washington Senators and the Washington Nationals over 100 years ago as well. So obviously the Nationals' names taken by the baseball team, there are many other names that, that they could go with. I think we're that far down the road now, after everything that's happened over the last few weeks, that you can talk about it. I think something has to be done about it. What that is, that's for another podcast.
0: Yes, indeed. And I mean, it's this is it. It's hard because we can't we can't necessarily contribute much to the conversation. And that's why, you know, it almost does feel like if we're going to talk about it, let's talk about the the possibilities that lay ahead um, and exactly what do they do. So the chat seems to be that what isn't up for consideration is a colour change, that they want to retain the colours that they are, which I think is, is right. Um, and, you know, obvi- obviously you've talked about the fact that you hope this isn't about dollars. It, in a way, it kind of is... That seems to be what's forcing their hand because you know it's the the number of sponsors that are are pushing for this. We've even got to the point yep. now that Amazon are no longer stocking merchandise from the Washington franchise. As well. they're not the only ones
2: as well, Cameron. There's a lot of uh, a lot of um, people over here, uh, organisations that, that that are not doing so uh, in in both the area. Um, the metropolitan area of D.C. and uh, across the country.
0: And this is it. And I think for me, there is always that historical element of your football team, and I I totally get it. You know, there's people that still don't accept Livingston in Scotland because it's Meadowbank Thistle. Those people will always be there. But 10 years from now, when the rebrands happened, it'll be so far back in the distance that it'll be forgotten about. Um, And it'll be a new history and a new brand and a new opportunity for them to engage new fans and get people to turn up at the stadium. I think that you guys are right that, you know, it's right for them to take their time and and do something that's right. Don't rush it. Go away. Review it, which is what they seem to be doing, which is the best way forward. Uh, and, And I think the biggest thing as well is that nobody at any point is saying that this is a disgrace from something that happened in the 1930s. We need to understand that the 1930s is the 1930s. There's nothing. It was what it was whether it be right or wrong now, that's what it was then. We can't change that. What we can do is we can learn and we can improve and we can do better and and, and things like this can come up and be reviewed and we consider whether or not this is the right time to make a positive change for the right reasons and not, to your point, Mark, that it's being done only because we're being forced. It needs to be because it's seen as the right thing to do. And
1: I think that- Sorry, Cameron, the point I'm making is they've got to be careful what they're doing. One of the leading name changes that's being considered is the Warriors, so the Washington Warriors, keeping the same colours? But this is what I'm saying. But you've got to be careful about trying to play to the history. What does Warriors conjure up to you? You know. To, yeah. So, but if you if you keep any of that Native American history to it. It, you know, to try and placate some of your fan base, other people might be offended by this. This this is a nuanced argument. It's not easy. As I say, if it's twenty twenty, you wouldn't call them the Washington Redskins. You wouldn't call teams the Cleveland Indians. Would you call Atlanta the Braves? Possibly because that's a nod to heritage. The Chicago Blackhawks aren't really thinking about changing their name. They think it's a good thing. There are Native American groups out there, again, just to give up the alternative view, that I actually like some of these teams being called things like the Blackhawks. they see it as connected to their culture. So anybody who says that this is a simple, you know, one side or the other issue are wrong. There's a lot more nuance to this. And that's what I'm saying. If they're going to change, they've got to be very careful how they change and brand it as positive. I think Warriors has got potential problems if they want to go down that route you know depending on what they go with logo wise so they've got to be very very careful but it should be looked at the hist- history history has passed back in the 1930s the Redskins was an acceptable name didn't really start becoming unacceptable to the 70s and 80s if the studies I've read are correct we live in different times it wouldn't happen now let's have a good sensible conversation but let's make it Let's, let's not have name-calling or anything stupid like that. Let's have a mature, sensible, adult conversation on how Washington can rebrand their football team to something that's acceptable to everybody. Here's, here's
2: something. I'm, I don't know if it's been discussed, and I've read a fair bit about it as well. Do they need a, a Washington something? Why can't they just be Washington? Why can't they, they take a Brazilian name, just have one name, and just become Washington? Because Paul's right, Warriors or whatever, someone's going to complain. This is the world we live in right now. It's a dear points of view world for 2020, and it's only going to get worse. I mean, we've, without getting involved in politics too much, um, very few people sit on the fence anymore. What everything that's happened over the last year or two or even three years has, has meant is that everyone's got an opinion now, and we now have far more places to share that opinion. So you're not going to get uniformity of agreement. Why not just take away the Redskins and,
0: and leave it there? Just an idea. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and I think for me, the 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 approach I've got with this one is purely down to. And I take the point about warriors. And yes, there's always going to be somebody has an issue with something. And I think that you're right. This is the world we live in. I think the biggest thing for me about the the name the Redskins is the fact that the word redskin has been listed as a derogatory term in the dictionary since 1983. You know, it's not a new thing. This is this is just it's much more in focus right now. This has been protested against since the 70s uh, by groups of Native Americans, meaning that somebody has found this offensive since the 70s. I feel like it's uh a... outlier case and I know that there's this like line you know if we change this where does it all end but there needs to be some sensibility around the whole thing you know let's not just change it because of a connotation let's change it because it actually is listed as derogatory it's a term that is used in a derogatory way may not be offensive to everybody as Scotsman I'm sure that most of us wouldn't be offended at being called a jock but I bet you that there's somebody when you're called an effing jock to the face down south that's offensive so you know there's there's things like that need to come into play, and I think that there's a there's a fine line there that you know you don't we don't need to put this lens necessarily onto all of these things that feed back into a Native American heritage, but this one in particular feels like the outlier in that group. I don't know the one about the Cleveland Indians. I'll be honest, I'm not close enough to that one to know what the, their reason is for considering that, but fine it's up to them if they want to review it you know we've seen sports teams over there change their name that's not uncommon it's not they're not going to be the first team to do it and they certainly won't be the last um so i think that yeah hopefully uh, a sensible outcome is what's reached upon you're not going to make everybody happy but come down on something that at least gives you something that you could do positive on the back of it
1: yeah and, and just can we be adult about it and just have good good discussions um you know it, it, it does get very, very difficult. As I say, what surprised me was the, the two surveys in the Washington Post. I, I was stunned that the, the name had so much support there. But, of course, that's just one group of people in a, in a certain place. So, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think the time has come for them to look at it. I think they will look at it. But, again, I keep saying they've got to be very careful in how they rebrand, and they're not just going to make matters worse that they're going to have to rebrand again in a couple of years' time.
0: So, any other major news items that
1: are tickling your fancy, then? Gents. Yeah, well, I, I I would like to quote somebody from history, but just in case I quote the wrong person, uh, I'll just leave you with Deshaun Jackson. What on earth was Deshaun Jackson thinking about? It, Doing what he did and quoting what he quoted, you think, gee whiz. Now, I have to say I thought the Eagles handled this pretty well and pretty quickly. Um, You saw Drew Brees get absolutely stomped over earlier in the summer um, or in the spring with some of his comments. You're seeing this with Deshaun Jackson as well. And you just think, why why do people do this? And I'm and I'm not quite sure, but I think the Eagles have handled it pretty well. Deshaun Jackson's come out and apologized for the comments, but people are saying his apology isn't good enough. Guys, what constitutes an apology that's not good enough? <laughs>
0: (laughs) Uh, there's a loaded question that I'm not going to ask any apology that I've ever given you Paul is an apology that is probably not good enough but no you're right And I I, I mean I would distinguish the two things completely, the Drew Brees thing um, was obviously a view that he gave that was perhaps insensitive at the time with the climate but he's entitled to that view what Deshaun Jackson did was a a thousand times worse Um, and I agree, I think that the Eagles came out and acted swiftly with that one Um, he has come out and apologise. there's an article um on nfl.com saying that julian edelman has offered to take deshaun jackson to a holocaust men, uh, museum to to give him some education on this uh and this is a time of enlightenment this is a time when we've spoken about people educating themselves so you know i think an apology from deshaun jackson needs to be followed with some education on his part where he needs to educate himself not just on why he's saying sorry but why i mean to be honest if you don't know why quoting Hitler isn't a reason to be sorry, then God only knows. Um, it's just stupidity. It's utter stupidity. And I hope that it's nothing more than stupidity on his part. Um, and I, I, yeah, I just just, muppet, Bobak, absolute
1: bawback. I'll, I'll, I'll take his apology at face value, Cameron, because yep. he's come out and apologised. If he does the same again, then you've got a problem. But he's come out and apologised. D- I mean, as dumb as it was, um, but yeah, and I keep saying this, we all make mistakes, we're all entitled to a second chance. Uh, and if he comes out of this a better person, then, then good on him for that. I, so, the other thing that caught my eye, now, now that you're asking, is what's going to happen when the teams actually get on the field? Well, on the f- field, seating is prohibited, both teams must travel to the stadium via bus. I would have thought they did that already. Media will be banned from the locker room. I'm not sure players will be too unhappy about that. But then, and I'm going to quote one of your favourite players here, Cameron, Richard Sherman, uh, who's, who in reaction to the NFL teams will be forget, forbidden from post-game interactions within six feet of each other and jersey exchanges will be prohibited. Richard Sherman says, this is a perfect example of NFL thinking in a nutshell. Players can go engage in full contact game, do it safely, However, it's then deemed unsafe for them to swap jerseys after the game. This is nuts. <laughs> it's the
0: same. To be honest, it's the same in <laughs> the, the football that we've got over here. When Bundesliga came back, I laughed repeatedly at the fact that the teams couldn't come out of the tunnel together. They couldn't then go back in together. Um, celebrations were frowned upon um, and they sort of tried to keep their distance. And then at full time, they all sort of shook hands and kind of walked over and hugged each other and stuff like that. I was like, okay, well, what was the point in any of that? Um, yes, protocols. Protocols for the sake of protocols. I think that there's a balance here. Um, Really interesting, though, to see that the Big Ten Conference have come out and said that they don't plan to play any um, non-divisional matches or non-conference matches in college football this year. That, a sign of... Things to come with America, which is currently trending in the wrong way when it comes to COVID. Obviously, there's certain states that you know. You look at Texas, Florida, California. There's 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 big problems there. Well, we've got a number of our of the football teams that are based in those states. So you know, there's a long way to go to September. There's a lot can happen there's going to be questions about, does the season start? Um, You know, best case scenario is that we manage to get a season, that we somehow manage to get fans to games at some point in that. Worst case scenario is that we don't get a season and it gets cancelled. And then in between that, we've got a number of scenarios where we get a partial um season, then someone gets relegated and throws their toys at the pram and takes it to court. Oh no, I've mixed my hey, sports again, hey. haven't I?
1: Now, now, be very careful <laughs> be very very careful. Where I can't be on here
0: now. with a couple of jambles and not have a shot.
1: Come on. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean the, the, this is the problem we're seeing this everywhere. You know, the more tests you do, the more people are going to test positive. If you look at the hospitalization rates and the death rates, these these are important things. And we we're all trying to get back to normal life if there is such a thing. Um, I'm very reluctant to criticize politicians at any persuasion because they've never gone through this before. I mean, I'm not happy with some of the decisions made by the Scottish government and the UK government. But I'm not, you know, I, I can't tell exactly what should be done. I just think, you know, th- th- there should be more joined up thinking by some of them. It's really difficult and you're working in a bubble. And, I mean, Mark will know this working at ESPN. You know, it's it's entertainment business. You know, they need programming. So much of their programming then centres around the NFL. If they don't get that programming and people cut the cord, you've got less money coming in, they've got less money to pay the NFL for these big deals, etc. I mean, it's very, very difficult. What's the feeling in America at the moment, Mark, regarding whether we will get the start to the season?
2: Yeah, the the feeling is that the NFL will find a way. How will it look? Will it be different? Will it be some sort of bubble? Right now down in Orlando, which is, I mean, anywhere in Florida, but especially the kind of central belt where there's a lot of people, um, it's a nightmare. And they're going to send the NBA teams down there to be in a bubble, so they're not not—they're not able to get out of there. Will that be an option right now? Because Cameron mentioned the states that are most uh, affected, uh, again, without going in and being involved in, in politics. Um, Things were open too early there. Here in in Connecticut, what what surprised me, and I was messaging with, with with friends, we can't go outside or into anywhere without a mask. And I was like, what's the deal with Scotland? And they're like, well, it's coming in on Friday. It's going to be mandatory to wear a mask indoors on on Friday if you if you go out. I was like, why is it why is it taking that long? But then you have your your individuals, one of which today that I I saw refused to to wear a mask and threatened legal action for going into a dentist saying she wanted to be seen and they were like you've got to wear a mask and it's this is what I was saying earlier about this angry society that that, that we are in we might be doing all right in Connecticut there's still a lot of idiots that that live here and won't do what 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 is is mandatory um it, it's it's just an it's an issue right now that those that don't do what they're told may affect the start of what something is everyone is looking forward to the national football league and i just hope that we can get it done it'll be different will we get fans in stadia i don't know uh, It's certainly not to start with i'll be very very surprised unless there's some sort of bio site i don't know how you do that how do you get everyone if you want a beer or or uh, if you want to go to the, the bathroom or the restroom how, how do you do that how do you leave at the same time but keep social distancing there's i think Small steps right now. If we have to start the season with no fans in attendance, then let that be it. If we have to have a full season with no fans in attendance, it's not ideal. But if we can find a way going forward, then let it be it. But please, the idiots in society, don't spoil it for the rest of us. Indeed.
0: A casting message. Yeah, when,
1: what, what could go wrong with opening beer gardens in England? <laughs> well, yeah. And... and uh, and to our English friends, the same thing will probably happen here when they get opened as well. There always just seems to be that um, that reaction. I think it's 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 we live in interesting times because there is no route map for this, right, you know. percent, and and I think that's why we've got to try and cut people, you know, a break. How will it affect sport? I mean, you would have thought it's relatively simple to put NBA teams in a bubble because basically there's fifteen on a team. Now you know there's a fifty-three man roster for American football team. You know, the number of buses required simply to get the team and the coaching staff and everybody to the stadium. So, I mean, you're multiplying the problems, you know, by so many. I think it'll be very interesting to see how the NBA and MLS do. There's already been a couple of MLS teams pull out. Uh, And I think we've got to learn. I would not criticise any state for opening too early or opening too late, as long as they change things as soon as a pattern emerged. And I'd like to see the same with sport. If we see a pattern emerge, you know. So, for example, if you let ten thousand fans in and there's suddenly a problem, get them back out again. You know, let's let's go with what the data can tell us to do. One of the things I did find interesting is is how the NFL might fake the crowd. I mean, Fox have spoken about this. You know, perhaps digitally enhancing stadiums to have crowds in it and things like that. From what I've seen with with sport. The, the things... I, I put up a poll on my Twitter what people hated most about, um, you know, football coverage coming back. One of the things they hated most was the fans appearing in boxes on screens from their homes. They found that the, the most irritating. Because
2: it's different, Paul. That, that That's probably why. It's not what they're used to. Nothing like this is what we're used to.
1: Exactly. I mean, it to me, it was worth a try. It doesn't work. I don't like it, so get rid of it. I think yeah. most most companies trying to give you the option of fake crowd noise or crowd noise that's a great thing then you can have that personal choice yes. of, of what you like and i would not the the one i think there was an italian uh, broadcaster had some sort of animation uh, for yeah we flag did
2: women. we did we did the coppa italia final yeah. and they signed a deal with coca cola uh, probably about a week to 10 days before the the coppa italia final between um, napoli and juventus a few weeks ago and what they were able to do, they focused, rather than giving the fans at home and the World Feed viewers the option of do you want enhanced sound or natural sound, they have gone for the, the whole, um, it, it's not like a 3D effect, but you're right. And what they were able to do, they were able to have virtual sponsorship logos that they could then change. Speaking of which, I'm not sure if either of you saw any of the MLS opening last night, uh, MLS's back tournament, that ESPN Uh, is the rights holders along with Fox. But because there's very few people down there, uh, Fox is taking our our coverage. Um, I was speaking to one of my producers today uh, about that because there was a big Adidas sign in the middle of the pitch. hadn't been painted on. It was virtual. You've got a green screen equivalent, a green pitch. So it's easy to put that on. But what they've done on the far side, they've built scaffolding. Um, It's kind of like two-tiered scaffolding. And what they do throughout the game, they change the sponsor ads. So on one case, you get people say, well, you're selling your soul. On the other case, you're saying, well, they've lost a hell of a lot of money, whether it's ESPN, Disney, Fox, whether it's Major League Soccer. So you're getting all these ads, and that is part and parcel of it. You don't get the choice to have ad-free or ads like you can do over here with cable, and you can fast-forward um, the ads. It, it is what it is. Um, whether that has happened with the world feed, I think, that, I think it's exactly the same. I think you're going to get the logo in the middle of the park. I think you're going to get all the logos um, over on the far side. But that, that's what it is. It's a way of getting money back and advertisers able to advertise a product that they probably haven't had as many sales of over the last three months. This is the world we live in now.
0: Yeah, and we just need no. to accept it. And I think that you're right. Choice, variety, it's the spice of life. Um, I think that Sky have done really good with that, that you can choose uh, for the headline game to watch it with the artificial sound or without. What I've found uh, with that particular thing is, actually, if you've got somebody driving the audio that's really quick on the reflexes, it can be really good. If you get somebody that's perhaps a little bit slow, or you limit the 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 soundboard that you've got, then sometimes it can feel a bit staged and a little bit ridiculous. A shot goes ridiculously over the top and you get this ooh sound from a, a home crowd that would never make that sound for that shot. But that it's that's a hard thing that these guys are learning what to do for the first time. No one's ever done that before. So, you know, this is a learning experience for everybody. And I think that the way around that is to give choice. I think the advertising thing as well is a valid point. And you're right, it comes back to there'll always be something for somebody to moan about. If you're (laughs) being distracted by the advertising, then you're watching either a crap game or you're not that interested in it in the first place. So, you know, there's things like that. We we do have to make concessions. We have to change stuff. Um, It comes down to wearing masks when you go out. It comes down to... Watching your sport in a slightly different way, it means that you might not be able to get to go along. But you know what? Let's have it. Let's have it in our lives rather than not. Even if it's suboptimal, it's better than nothing because that's what we've had for the last few while. And good God, it's depressing. Speaking of which, we have just whinged for the last 30 minutes. So we're going to leave this and wrap it up with a positive. And Mark, we're going to ask you, because we're going to ask everybody, but because you're on episode one of the third season, you're getting this first. What's the Super Bowl and who's winning it?
2: Um, not because the man who is currently on my screen top left is a fan of the New Orleans Saints but I think it's third time lucky for them uh, as far as reaching the Super Bowl is is concerned I think it's a Saints Chiefs Super Bowl do you want a a winner or can I just leave it there and sit on the
0: fence I'm going to ask you for a winner there's going to be kudos at the end of the year if you get this right because you go earliest as well you get extra bonus points (laughs)
1: I'm
0: actually going to go for the Saints. Oh, oh. curry in favor, right. curry in- That's the season. Oh. season's done. I, season's finished. I quit. That's it. <laughs> <This> season, <laughs> season, season three has begun and ended in a single podcast. <laughs> He's I, not going to have many more chances, yeah. Drew Brees. So yeah. this this could be
2: the the season. Um, I think they deserve it as well because. They've been done out of some
1: some bad decisions over the last couple of years. Sheesh. Not that Paul's ever mentioned that, of course. See, I've 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 not gone anywhere. See, that's Cameron being nice. My question would be, how are the Saints going to get screwed this year? What's going to happen to them? That's a
2: Scottish way of thinking, Paul. Come on
1: now. It is, but you know, and and I keep saying to people that the Minnesota Miracle was an on-field play. That's absolutely fine. No problem with that. The other thing that happened, I've got slightly more problems with, but you just wonder, you know, what what's going to happen, you know, you know, is is the Saint, you know, gonna recover a fumble and all he's got to do is run into the end zone and he, you know, steps out of bounds or something crazy like that. There's just gonna be something. Um, but I think you're right. I think the Saints are gearing up for, for the challenge. And again, and this is where we talk about can everybody just be sensible and do everything we need? to try and get this season to happen. Because this could be Drew Breezy's last season. This could be our last shot at the Super Bowl for a few years. I need 2020 to happen. Simple.
0: So I'm, I'm going to close out on this one because, Mark, you may not have picked up on this because we talked about this in one of our podcasts and we haven't talked about it again. Paul won't let us, but this is a new season. What's actually going to happen here is if the Saints do make the Super Bowl, they're going to get there under Drew Brees, but Drew's going to pick up an injury and Jameis Winston is going to lead the team out <laughs> for the Super Bowl and Paul's going to turn his telly off and he's not going to see a single minute of it. He's not going to see a single minute because he's re- he refusing to watch them when Jameis Winston no, no, is under
1: no, no, that's nonsense. I'm not going to turn the telly off. I'm going to hurl it out the window.
2: And then what do you do when uh, when the Saints win it under Winston? Oh,
0: he...
1: come on, guys. It's the first day back. Come on. <laughs> Look, he just Jeez. gave you the Super Bowl.
0: I've got to noise you up somehow. There's no way I'm letting him away with that. Or, or you to that point.
1: I think Paul would that.
2: rather have Winston Ingram rather than Jameis Winston at quarterback <laughs> with his one leg. <laughs>
1: I, I'd take anybody. Uh, we've got Taysom Hill. I'm fine. We've got Taysom Hill. He's not a should... quarterback. Yes, he he's is. A, he's, he's fantastic. He's everything. He'll be
2: a he's tight ever... end. He, he might be used more as a tight end this season um, than than who knows. He, he's like the he's like the Swiss Army knife. I think I think the the Saints were ahead of their time with him. I think you'll see more um, like that. The kind of dual um, dual positional players, it's like in in baseball, we don't have the designated hitter anymore because of. Um, everything that's happened. It's the first time since 1973 that both the American and the National League have uh, have not had the designated hitter. But you've still got guys like Shote Otani from from the Angels that can bat and can pitch and and do things like that. So I I think the Saints were ahead of their time with Taysom Hill.
1: Just before we finish, I would like to say we're actually doing this as a Zoom call, although you're listening to audio only. Mark and I are able to afford light bulbs. Cameron's (laughs) gone from sitting in the light to sitting in the dark. And it's honestly, it's like he's a cult leader at the moment. So what I'm going to try and do is take a picture of Cameron with his (laughs) microphone, uh, because this really has to be seen to be believed. My Um, internet signal
0: is terrible. I am literally trying anything. If it means the electricity's got
1: to go, then
0: the electricity's got to go
1: right there we go that, that's being posted online later i've got the wor- world's worst photographic skills but that's going online later
2: and uh what'm what- okay but my, my natural light is provided by um by the sun yeah. because it's only <laughs> half past five and it's by the way it's 99 degrees outside um so that's like i don't know 38 39 40 the aircon isn't even you can't you can't cool a house unless you've got like 25 aircon units as well but that ain't happening. I'll maybe use my fee
1: from this podcast to buy another one. <laughs> the, the level the level of sympathy for somebody sitting in 99 degrees while but That's we're... too
2: hot, Paul. That's that's too hot. There's
1: there's nothing you can do in
2: 99 degrees. That's that's nuts. My hot tub isn't even 99 degrees. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I should have been in Florida at the moment watching the Rays play baseball. So I, I would I would take that over being here. While Cameron's auditioning, which Queen album featured the black with just the people outlined in shadow? Because that's Queen, what Cameron looks yes, like. Queen two. Uh, Queen two. That's <laughs> what Cameron looks like at the moment. He's auditioning for Queen two. So um. <laughs> anyway, on that
0: whinging note, we managed to come back round to morning. Um, and about weather. Anyway, right. Mark, it's been an absolute joy. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Thank you, um, guys. Thank you. Welcome you back anytime. And um, yeah, well, during the season, we'll maybe get you back to get a wee update on your thoughts on how the Dolphins are doing.
2: I'll take a playoff spot for the Dolphins next season because I don't think it'll happen this season.
1: So Cameron, we're not going to be able to do our week one event that we've done for the last couple of years, which is to get everybody into the golf tavern, get some guests, do some you know, stuff on the screen and have a, a chat and a laugh. What are we are going to do for week one this year?
0: What we're going to do this year is we're going to do something online, and that's all we're going to give you for now. Um, you're right, Paul. We just we've been chatting about this, and. We're making progress with COVID-19, you know, we're, we're starting to see that pubs will be opening up soon, but what we're probably not going to get to, and what we definitely don't know that we're going to get to is by September, that we'll be able to pack a pub like we've done with the Golf Tavern the last two seasons. Now, we're disappointed because it's been brilliant, and we've loved it. We've loved doing it, we love spending time with people, it's brilliant. So we still want to retain an element of that. Um, we're working on something, and we plan to share the details with you very, very soon. We'll maybe give a little bit by bit over the coming weeks and we certainly hope to be able to confirm something in our next podcast about how you can take part in this and also how you can do it with a little bit of style uh, and get yourself something that's a little bit exclusive so you know we will share more information on that as we've got it firming up the details on that but I think you know we've been talking high level plans and certainly I think it sounds like a lot of fun and I'm really looking forward to it.
1: I agree. Anything with style, you can count me in. <laughs> fantasy football <laughs> fantasy football continues to be a big thing, and we're hoping to get, obviously, football. Therefore, fantasy football. What are the plans for NFL Scotland?
0: So it's something we've never done before. We've dabbled very briefly with fantasy. We had J.G. Zachariasen on, which was brilliant. Loads of people got engaged with uh, with that podcast and told us how much they enjoyed it. We've decided, we've had a bit of a chat, we're actually going to run an NFL Scotland Fantasy League this year. Now, we've never done it, even amongst ourselves. Paul, you and me have never played fantasy football against each other. This is season three of the NFL Scotland podcast, and so we've got to fix that. So what we've done here is we've decided that we're going to get the six members of the NFL Scotland podcast team, so that Paul Mitchell, yourself as a Saints fan. We've got Ian Stephen, who is an Eagles fan, although he did threaten to pick 15 kickers in his draft. I don't think that's possible, (laughs) Ian. (laughs) Jamie Borthwick, of course, a Giants fan. We've got Charles Patterson, a Green Bay Packer. We've got Gordon McGinnis of PFF and a Ravens fan, myself, a 49er. We've also been joined, and we're delighted to be joined in this league, by three Scotland internationalists, I'll say. They've all represented Scotland at the top level of the sport when it comes to Scotland. So we've got Ali Evans, who plays cricket for Scotland and is a Tennessee Titans fan. He was on one of the podcasts during the summer. We've got Henry Pergos, who is a Denver Bronco fan and, of course, has played for Scotland for rugby at Murrayfield. And we had him on a podcast about, oh God, that was about a year and a half ago now. It like, yeah. actually feels longer than that. And then we've got the name that is synonymous with Scotland and American football for me still, and that's Scott Cooper. You know, if you playing for Scotland, he played for the Scottish Claymores. You know, we've we've obviously had other guys. We've had Lawrence Tynes, Graham Gino. We've got Jamie Gillen. All of them Scotsmen. None of them have played for Scotland when it comes to American football. Scott Cooper has, and we've got Scott Cooper who's joined this fantasy league as well. But that's nine people. So there's one missing, and you might have seen on Twitter that we've alluded to this. We're going to open up one position for a listener of the podcast. Now, the keyword there is listener. We're not going to tell people on Twitter how to do this. All right. You'll only know how to be part of this and how you can possibly part be part of it by listening to this podcast. What we're going to do is we're going to ask you to send us a direct message on Twitter. So send it directly to us. Don't tweet us it because people will see it go to our profile, there's a little envelope, direct message. In 200 words or less, and by the end of July, you need to tell us why you deserve a space in this NFL Scotland inaugural year of the Fantasy Football League. What we're going to do is we're going to see how many come in. We'll whittle it down to a top three ourselves by by a process of selection, what we think is the best. We're going to put those three in front of Scott Cooper, and we're going to let Scott Cooper anonymously pick the one that he thinks best based purely on their reason for getting into the Fantasy Football League.
1: That's brilliant. I'm really looking forward to seeing how that goes. And it is for our podcast listeners. We've got a great social media presence, but that is for our podcast listeners. So that is really going to be good. And as I say, we're going to presume that the season's going to go ahead as normal. So we're going to start to get into the division stuff. And we see the stories. I mean, we've talked about some of the peripheral stories, but there's nothing better than actually getting into you know the season previews and seeing where we're going and the draft was a little bit different this year Cameron but there's so much good talent going to come through and people are going to make breakthroughs this year
0: yeah absolutely and i think this is arguably one of the most exciting parts of the NFL season, which sounds ridiculous because nothing's happening, but it's the bit where you get to look forward to it. You get to look forward. You know, so much of what we do and what we're about is we're looking back at things that have happened and passing comment on things that we've just seen. This is the bit where we get to be a little bit speculative. Uh, And slightly different to last year, what we did was you know, we tried to cram in the divisions last year and we did the AFC North and the NFC North in the same episode. We're going to give each of these divisions a bit more respect this time and we're going to do one per episode as we go through the rest of July, August, and into September, especially if there's not going to be any preseason, and there's not going to be much to talk about there, so we can really utilize the conversations around some of these divisions because there's a lot of exciting storylines. So much has happened, so much yet to happen, so many questions to be put forward, so many things to be shut down. We've got some great guests lined up as well to represent the teams. We're very excited about that. There's some people that are coming back that we've had on the podcast before, and we're very excited to have them back. We're will of course have all of the regular uh, NFL Scotland team and there's a few newbies in there as well already been booked up to join us as well so very excited about what we've got coming up and there's more than this as well there's a there's a few more things we've got in the works a couple of things that we're doing in the background and we hope to be able to share all of those things in the coming weeks as well but that's everything and the full-time whistle for episode 105 thanks for taking the time to listen please do share your thoughts on this episode via twitter at scotland nfl and on our facebook page by searching for nfl scotland we're also now on instagram search for at scotland nfl on there too
1: We're growing all the time. We need your help to keep that up. We appreciate every retweet and share. Love hearing your thoughts on what we've been discussing on the podcast.
0: As we've talked about, we'll be back next week as we start to preview each of the divisions. We'll be looking at one per episode ahead of the new season, starting first with the AFC North
1: couple of great guests lined up for that thank you to mark our guest for this evening mark donaldson of espn for joining us thank you for listening and taking the time to share your thoughts we'll be back next week but until then stay safe bye for now